0: فان اصلق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وكل بِدْعَةٍ ظَلَالَةٌ وكل ضَلَالَةٍ في النار وانما تعدون لات وما انتم we praise him and we thank him and we seek refuge in him from the evil of our own souls and the evil of our actions Whomsoever he guides, none can misguide. And whomsoever he leaves astray, none can guide to the truth. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but God Almighty alone and that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his slave and messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as he should be minded. Do not die except as Muslims. O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul and from that soul created its mate. And from those two spread many men and many women. And be mindful of those whom you ask your rights from. And be mindful of the wombs that bore you, for indeed Allah is ever watchful over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak the truth. He will guide you to righteous deeds and forgive you of your sins. Whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. The best of speech is Allah's speech. The best of guidance is Muhammad's guidance. And the worst of things are those newly introduced. And everything newly introduced in faith, in religion, is an innovation. And every innovation goes astray, and everything which goes astray leads to the hellfire, and that which we have been promised will come to pass, and there's nothing that can be done to prevent it. The Prophet was once sitting in his masjid, approached by a group of people who had a complaint. They wanted a solution. They came to the Prophet. O oh, Messenger of Allah, the people of prominence have made off with all providence, the people of money have made off with all good. The people of prominence have made off with all providence. They pray like we pray, and they fast like we fast, and they give charity from whatever is left over from their wealth. So the Prophet asked them Has Allah not given you what you yourself can give in sadaqah? tasbihatin Every time you say, SubhanAllah, this is an act of charity. تَحْمِيدَةٍ Every time you say, Alhamdulillah, this is an act of sadaqa. And every time you say, La ilaha illallah, this is an act of sadaqa. وَبِكُلِّ صَدَقَةً And every time you say, Allahu Akbar, this is an act of sadaqah. وَأَمُّن And ordering the good, commanding the good, is an act of sadaqah. وَنَهْيٌ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ And forbidding, forbidding, the, forbidding things which are evil, which are bad, is an act of sadaqah. Then he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَفِي بُضْعِ أَحَدِكُمْ صَدَقًا And in the private parts of one of you is sadaqah. قَالُوا يَا رَسُلُ اللَّهُ أَيُؤْجَرُ أَحَنْ أَيَأْتِي أَحَدُنَا شَهْوَتَهُ فَيُؤْجَرُ فِيهَا أو فَيُؤْجَرُ بِهَا Will one of us go and go to his desires and then be rewarded for doing such? He sallam said, don't you see that if he went and fulfilled his desires in haram that he would be sinful? the same way if he goes and fulfills his desires with halal then he is rewarded the Prophet والسلام, is clarifying to us or making us ask the question, is desire bad? Is it wrong to have desire? Is it wrong to want things? Is it something that we should be ashamed of, that we desire any form of fulfillment, whether that fulfillment be material or sexual or otherwise? What is, how do we answer the question of desire? Is desire bad? if we look in the Qur'an we can find that almost universally the idea of shahwa and and hawa the ideas of desire and indulgence are almost universally condemned and the question is why? Why do we find that desire and indulgence is almost universally condemned in the Qur'an? The reason being is because most people who try to go and fulfill their desires and indulge themselves end up going beyond bounds, end up going to excesses. They end up doing so in a way which does not benefit them and it does not prevent harm from themselves and from others. So, desire is not bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we then placed you upon a clear path from this affair. So follow it. It's one of the meanings of Sharia. Sharia, in the Arabic language, doesn't mean Islamic law. In the Arabic language, it means an, o- an oasis in the middle of the desert where you take your animals and yourself and you go and drink water. And it means the road that leads to it as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, the good that we've sent you, think of it like the oasis that gives you water and quenches your thirst when you have nothing else. Follow this clear path to that which is good. And don't follow the desires, the indulgences of those people who don't have knowledge. So notice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is simply saying, follow this path. Are there going to be indulgences and desires that come up while we're following that path? Yes. Are there going to be things that we're enticed to when we're following that path? Yes. But when we follow the path, our satiation and our satisfaction from fulfilling those desires is valid. But when we follow the desires themselves, then they take us off that path. They take us away from Allah. Which is why it's been narrated in the hadith, in a hadith in whose narration has been differed over as to whether it is hasan or whether it is weak and the meaning is correct. Imam al-Nawawi and others said that it is hasan, where others have disagreed. That the Prophet, alayhi said, لا يؤمن أحدكم. None of you will truly believe until his desires are in accordance with what I have brought. This meaning is confirmed by the Qur'an. Even if we say that the hadith was weak, the meaning, as other scholars of hadith have said, is confirmed by the holistic view of the texts that desires are not something which are bad indulgences are not... enjoying yourself is not something bad but what is bad is when you follow those desires and you allow them to take you away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what's wrong with just going with the flow just following whatever your heart wants just indulging yourself to the point where you feel that you've pleased yourself or pleasured yourself or you've done what you needed to do. Well, when you follow unrestricted desire and you seek after pleasure that doesn't have an end goal in sight, then you might feel good at the time. But eventually there will be pain and harm that will come in the present and or the future. So following unrestricted gratiation, and indulging oneself without any restriction will naturally lead you to consequences that you never even thought of consequences that you couldn't see consequences that will harm you in both this life and the next it also makes you blind to the effect that you have on yourself and on others how many times have we seen someone who? is so selfish in fulfilling what they want to do that they affect and disrupt the lives of everyone around them without regard for what it does for them. There's no harm if one does something that doesn't harm themselves or doesn't harm themselves or their akhirah, because they always say well it's a victimless crime. People will come up and they'll say, well, what's what's wrong with me doing something that might be sinful, or that you think is sinful, and I'm not harming anybody but myself? The answer is, there are no victimless crimes. There are no victimless sins. Even if you sin and you do something which is morally objectionable and wrong, as a Muslim, you have still damaged your own soul. You have still damaged your own spiritual state. You have still transgressed upon the boundaries that Allah placed for you in treating your body, your mind, and your soul as a trust which the heavens and the earth themselves refuse to carry. wal <laughs> We We presented this trust to the heavens and the earth and the mountains. And they refused. They refused to carry this burden. And they were to too. But instead man carried it, and he was transgressant and ignorant. So there are no victimless sins even when you sin and you think, hey, I'm only smoking this or taking that or involving myself in such and such thing in a manner that's only going to harm me. It's not going to harm just you. It's going to harm you and your soul. And in ways it will harm you and your soul and all of those around you. Your wife or your husband, your children, your parents, your neighbors. Doesn't matter if you think that there's no one that's harmed, eventually society as a whole will be disrupted. So how do we get past following unrestricted desires that lead to bad consequences and fulfilling those desires? Well, the Prophet ﷺ instructed us in the hadith that we just mentioned. He said, أَرَأَيْتَ لَوَضَعَهَا فِي حَرَامٍ Don't you see that if you go and fulfill your sexual desires in something which is forbidden, then you would be sinful? Likewise, if you fulfill them in a way which is permissible, then you will be rewarded. So there's no wrong in fulfilling your desire, in having desires, in wanting to fulfill your desires, but it's how and when and why you're doing so. We're not a faith that says that it's wrong to desire, or that doing so is sinful. No, it's only about the resources that Allah gave you and what you do to manage them. So you have preventive care, curative care, of your soul. What's the preventive care of your soul? That you look at three things. You look at your moral rectitude, your gentility, your higher sense of ethics and morals. They call in Arabic al It's a really difficult word to translate into the English language. But it's the sense that you leave off things because you know that they lead you down a path to something which just won't be good for you or for those around you. Al Imam al Shafi'i, he used to say, Law kuntu anna min lama If I knew that drinking cold water would take away from my higher sense of moral purpose, I wouldn't drink cold water. He's giving us an edge. You know, he's pushing us to the edge here. Think about this. What is it which draws you down? What are the things that you do which take you and edge you closer and closer to that which Allah has forbidden? Abstain from those, even if they're allowed. Limit those, even if they're allowed. Be moderate in your consumption of everything. Even if it's allowed. Sometimes somebody says, But brother, it's halal for us to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. And so what happens if you get harmed after doing that thing that you said was halal for you to do? Oh, well, you know, that's what Allah destined. Okay, so now we're blaming Allah for the choices that you made. Let me, I remember a a physician that I know, he said, he said to a, a a couple, he said to them, they were they were saying that, you know, if they don't plan their family and their child they continue to have children that have degrading or decorative congenial or I'm sorry, congenital medical issues, which cause them long term pain. Instead of getting help for themselves, they just keep having kids. He was telling them, No, go get help for yourself. Get on a plan so that we can understand that your children, when they are born, they are healthy. And they're not affected by these issues. They said, but we asked the Sheik said "al." said, he said, okay. When you go and eat a lot of watermelon and your stomach bloats and you start getting a stomach pain, or are you going to say, Qadr Allah ma Allah destined this to happen?" It was because of your decision within what Allah had destined to do something that Allah gave you a better choice not to, to act in moderation, to not do something even if it's permitted for you, so that you can manage the resources and the care of yourself and those around you in the best manner possible. Another thing. What this takes from us is constant care and self-evaluation of the situations that we're in. It's not always about halal and haram. It's not always about black and white. It's not monochromatic. It's not always a yes or no. There is good, better, best. There is bad, worse and worst. And sometimes we only can choose between bad and worse, between worse and worst. But we have to remain conscious of the fact that we have to make a choice to take us towards what is best. And so when we fulfill our desires, when we chase after things, we can't do so in a manner that leads us to addiction, that leads us to becoming slaves to material and to ethereal or, or to, to to earthly experiences instead of being slaves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala points this out when He says that there are people who when they follow their desires and they don't do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded, they even deny the signals that their own bodies give them, that they become no more than beasts. He subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We have prepared for the hellfire much of jinn and mankind. لهم قلوب لا يعقلون بها ولهم أعين لا يبصرون بها ولهم آذان لا لا يسمعون بها They have hearts, they don't ponder with them They have eyes, they don't look with them They have ears, they don't hear with them أولئك كالأنعام They are like cattle, like beasts بل هم أضل أولئك هم الغافلون they are like cattle. No, they are worse than cattle. They are the heedless. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from being from the heedless. So what is the way out? How do we get to a point where we're not only practicing preventive care, preventative care for our souls, where we're taking into consideration what we're doing, our higher sense of morality, even if it's allowed, our higher sense of responsibility, even if it's allowed, and using the rational faculties that Allah has given us to better ourselves. There's another level, there's curative care. Curative care, we can talk more about it another time, but it consists of three things. Number one, it consists of breaking the idol of custom and being enslaved to the opinion of the public. Stop feeling that you are mandated by the formalities of those you are around to do things that you know are morally objection. Stop feeling the peer pressure that you've got to do something, otherwise people aren't gonna like you. They don't care about you. Plain and simple. Whether you do something or you don't do something, it doesn't matter. A person who is selfish, and is focused on pleasing themselves and themselves alone. If you're with them, they want you to be with them in bad, but they don't really care if you went, went off and went good. In fact, they'll come back to you later. If you were one of, if you are a person that didn't enjoy didn't join them in those bad things that they were doing and went and did something bad, did something better. So you have to break the formalities and stop allowing yourself to be pressured socially by what you think is going to happen if you Do what you know is morally right. Secondly is by breaking the barriers and removing the impediments to becoming a better person. And this is done by three things. Most of us, alhamdulillah, we've been saved from the evils of associating partners with Allah. No one amongst us here is worshiping idols in their home, making tawaf around a grave, or calling on someone other than Allah. But there's, a, there's a, another form that we have to be careful. <laughs> have you seen one who takes his own indulgences as his Lord, as his deity? We have to be careful not to allow ourselves to, even if we're not doing the action, not allow our hearts to follow that action simply because we didn't want to follow through with it. Because then we're, same, we're the same in the, in the reward or in the sin. We have to stay away from the evils of innovation and those things which make us think we're doing what's right by Allah, but in reality we're not. And lastly, remove the impediments of open sinfulness and doing that which we know is not the idea of being better or best or bad or worst, but contravening clear cut prohibitions by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, thirdly, and this is a higher stage, which takes the self-awareness that we all need to inculcate and that is they call it قَطْ الْعَلَائِقْ عَنْ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ to cut off all connection and all attachment to other than Allah where our hearts think of everything that you desire everything that you want everything that you indulge yourself in think of it like a string that's connected directly to your heart and every single day pick a string and take out your mental scissors and say to yourself, Today, I'm going to sever this connection to my heart. I'm not going to allow my heart to be pulled in all different directions towards other than Allah. The only way it will be pulled is towards Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sahli ibn Sa'ad rahimahullah, he was asked about tawakkul, about relying upon Allah. He said, قلب يعيش مع الله من غير علاقة مع A heart that lives with Allah without any connections to other than Him. SubhanAllah. So when you cut off everything else from from your heart, then Allah doing what is being done for the sake of Allah becomes the most joyous and pleasurable thing for you. When you spend for the sake of Allah, spending for other than His sake becomes as if you have worshipped other than Him. When you give for the sake of Allah, giving for other than Him becomes as if you have ran away from Him. Praying, fasting, smiling in the face of someone else. When you do this not for your own self-gratification or the gratification of others, but because you know that it is pleasing to Allah and the consequences are with Him in the next life, then doing it for anyone else's sake becomes a burden and doing what is right and what is good and what is best becomes a pleasure in and of itself. Train yourself to cut those strings to regain insight into your life before that insight is forced upon you on the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You were heedless of this in the last life. So we remove the veils from your eyes, and now you have iron-sharp eyesight on this day. أقول ما تسمعون و الله لي ولكن المسلمين من كل ذنب الله لنا دنوبنا وإصرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا العالمين forgive us of our sins and our transgressions in our affairs and make our feet firm, O Lord of the world. أزواجنا وزوجاتنا وَزُمَلَائِنَا يَا رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ O guide us and our wives and our husbands, our daughters and our sons, our grandparents, both male, our, our, grand, our grandmothers and our grandfathers, guide our neighbors and our friends. Guide our, our, this society of ours and all societies around the world. Ibadullah, in Allah, Wa اذكروا الله العزيز الجليل يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقن الصلاة الله <تصفيق> أكبر <تصفيق> الله أكبر يشهد أن لا إله إلا الله